Acts 11.22 says Barnabas was a good man. What about you? Are you a good person? Most people would answer yes to that, but people's definitions of what makes someone good are all over the map. The only definition that matters is God's. We'll look at that today, and you might be surprised how much your joy has to do with how good of a person you are. Welcome to the Food for Your Soul podcast, where we apply the Word of God to the hearts of men and women to stoke the fires of your delight in Christ. Here's your host, Dr. D. Richard Ferguson. Most things in the Bible you can be wrong about and still be safe. You can be a Christian and misinterpret just about every passage in the Bible. You can you could misinterpret Genesis 1 and not understand what the Bible actually teaches about the age of the earth, or, or you could be wrong about the rapture, you could be wrong about predestination, you'd be wrong about the gift of tongues, you'd be wrong about almost everything in the whole Bible and still be saved, thankfully. But there are a few things that are so essential to the Christian faith that if you're wrong on one of those, then you're not a Christian, even if you're right about everything else. There's not very many of those. I think you can fit them on one side of one sheet of paper, but there are some of them. And one of the things on that list, one of the essentials of Christianity is this, the right way to become a good person. What's the right way? to become a good person. If you're like most people, you're trying to be a good person, right? I mean, you, and not only are most people trying to be good, but most people have a sense that they're actually succeeding in that effort. They're pretty good. You know, we have uh, for our counseling, when people come for counseling, they fill out the, the data form to give us some information. And one of the questions on that form is, uh, just tell us what you're like. What kind of person are you? And almost everybody starts out by saying, I'm a good person. Just right up front. We're all trying to be good. We all have this sense that we're doing pretty well at it. But have you ever stopped to think about what your method is? You personally, what is your method for, for becoming good? What method are you using? How should a person try to become good? Because the answer to that question, the way that you answer that question, if you get it wrong, that's catastrophic spiritually, because it's, it's not one of those things that you can be wrong about and still be saved. The question of the right way to become good is definitely one of the essentials, and it's not what most people think. The right answer to that question is not what most people naturally think. Most people, if you ask them, how do you become a good person? What's the right way? They would give an answer that Jesus would say is dead wrong. Jesus made a major point about this in his teaching. He wanted us to understand that most people get this wrong. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus told a story about two men who came to the temple to pray, and the first one was exactly the type of person that you would think of if you think in your mind of a really, really good person. He followed all the rules. The second guy was exactly the type of person you would think of if you think of a bad person. He did some terrible things. He's living in a horrible way. Jesus tells a story about these two guys, and at the end of the story, he says this in Luke 18, 14. He says, I tell you that this man, the second guy, rather than the other, went home justified before God. Now, justified means good in God's sight. The morally filthy guy walked away good in God's sight, and the squeaky clean religious rule keeper type guy walked away not good in God's sight. Jesus told the whole parable to get that across. He's saying, just understand that most people get this wrong. 
And the reason Jesus made such a deal of that is because if you're not good in God's sight when you die, you do not go to heaven. This is, this is going to determine your eternal destiny, heaven or hell. Now, some of you are probably sitting there thinking, oh, I know where this is going. I see what he's getting at. The, 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 the way to become a good person is not to follow rules. The way to become a good person in God's sight is to invite Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord and Savior. No, that's not it either. Jesus taught that there will be a lot of people who have done that, and then on Judgment Day they're going to find out that they're not even saved. In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, they thought they were good because they called Jesus Lord. He was their Lord. They spent their lives doing ministry in Jesus' name, serving Him. And so when they meet Him, they say, well, we're good. And He's like, no, you're evil and you're going to be sent to hell forever. Philippians chapter 3 is one of the clearest statements anywhere in the whole Bible on this question about the road to heaven. What exactly is the road to heaven, and what's the right way and the wrong way to go about being a good person? So before we get started with this verse 1, let me just tell you the bottom line on the whole chapter. If you want to know the heart and soul of Philippians chapter 3, go to verse 9, where he says, I want to be found not having a righteousness of my own. He writes a whole chapter about how he really, really, really does not want to be found with a righteousness of his own. That's a shocking statement. That should like rattle us a little bit when we see that. Now, it might not sound especially shocking to you at first because, of, because the way our culture has kind of twisted the word righteous, it, they actually, a lot of times they'll use the word righteous in a negative way uh, to mean like to describe someone who's like puffed up and they're looking down on everybody and they're kind of looking, looking down their nose at you and they think they're better than you and all that. The, the, people think that's what this word means. That's not what this word means. There's other words that mean that, not this one. Righteousness is not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's a beautiful thing. To be righteous simply means to be good. And not, not, to, not, to think that you're, not just to think that you're good, but to actually be good and to have a good standing with God. To be right with Him. It means to be the best version of you that is possible, that benefits the most people and fulfills your reason for existence, your whole purpose, and in a way that pleases God. So anytime you see the word righteous in the Bible, just think being a truly good person. Not just in the eyes of people, but in the eyes of God who determines what's really reality. So that's what we all want, right? We, that's what we're shooting for. We want to be good. Everyone wants to be good. They want to be a good person, which means everyone wants to be righteous in the good sense of that word. We want righteousness. We all want that. And Paul says, my big, driving, compelling desire is that I would not have a righteousness of my own. I don't want goodness that comes from me. I don't want that. Now, what does that even mean? If you can answer that question, what does that even mean? Then you have a handle on what Christianity is all about. I'm talking about the core of Christianity. Okay, so with that background, let's start with verse 1, which is also something that might come as a bit of a shock. Think about it. If you were about to write a chapter on how to become a good person in God's eyes, how to be sure that if you died today you would go straight to heaven, what would be the first thing you'd say? How would you start it out? 
Look at the first thing that Paul says. He says, finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. That's, that, that's the starting place. If you want to know what it means to be a good person, the first thing you need to know is it has something to do with happiness. The, the word rejoice, this word here, means to be happy and to express that happiness and joy. Now, let's just, let's just skip ahead to the end of this whole section in chapter 4, verse 4. Look what it says. So he starts out, finally, brothers, rejoice in the Lord. Verse 4 of chapter 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. <laughs> so that bookends this whole thing. The fundamentals of, here's what you need to know. The fundamentals of Christianity, the core of the faith, begins and ends with happiness, joy. And not the shallow, fragile kind of happiness that comes from circumstances and then it's gone as soon as things get hard. You know, the, the happiness that comes when everything's going well and then when things go bad, then it, it's gone. Not that kind. This is the deep, profound kind of happiness that stays intact even through the most painful ordeals of life. Your soul needs this. It needs this kind of joy. God built this into us. The Bible has a lot to say about this kind of joy. A lot of different things. But the specific point here is to show the connection between this kind of happiness and being a good person in God's sight. How are those connected? It's impossible to be a good person without this kind of happiness. And it's impossible to have this kind of happiness without being a good person in God's sight. Righteousness and happiness are absolutely connected and are inseparable. The wrong approach to happiness will shipwreck and doom you forever. It'll shipwreck your life and doom you forever if you take the wrong approach to becoming a happy person. And the right approach to happiness will put you on the road to heaven. So this, this, this joy thing is a big deal. And, and, and that's big because everybody is going through life trying to be happy, right? Almost everything we do is to make us happy in some way. We're trying to be happy, but one of the core essentials of the Christian faith has to do with what you look to to make you happy. Where do you get your joy from? And what he says here is, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. In the Lord. That's where everyone's looking for happiness, but very, very few people find it in the Lord. In Christ. A Christian is someone who finds his joy in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says that again in verse 3. He says, For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, we who glory in Jesus Christ. That word glory was used earlier in the book as a synonym for joy. If you just page back to chapter 1, in verse 25, he says, I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. And then verse 26, so that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow. So th that second word, joy in Christ, that's the same word used in, in chapter th 3 for glory. So when he says in verse, chapter 1, verse 25, your progress and joy, that's the same word as this, rejoice in the Lord. And then when he talks about your joy in Christ... That second word, that's this word glory. So you can see he's, he's kind of using them interchangeably. To glory, it means to hold something as a badge of honor, the thing that is really precious to you, and then that generates joy, and so you can see the connection. Rejoicing in the Lord comes from holding him as a badge of honor, leaning on him, counting on him. If you're like me, you probably don't spend near enough time seeking joy in the Lord. What if you spent the next couple days focusing on that 
as often as you can think about it. You wake up in the morning, Father, help me find joy in you today. You eat breakfast, those eggs are tasty, but am I looking to God for my joy right now or food? Something goes wrong, okay, that's not what I wanted, but the important thing is, am I seeking joy in God right now or not? Everything that happens all day long, what source am I seeking my joy from right now? Thank you for listening. If you found today's episode edifying, why not share it with a friend? This season of the Food for Your Soul podcast features excerpts from our sermon series on the book of Philippians, 50 expository sermons covering every verse. You can find those and hundreds of other sermons for free download on drichardferguson.com. Until next time, rejoice in the Lord always and set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God.